You're listening to the Melrose Place podcast, where we rewatch, recap, and analyze every episode of the hit 90s TV series Melrose Place. I am Daniel Hill. And I'm Jennifer Hill. Here we go. Hot and Bothered. Air date, October 13th, 1993. I like this one better than the other one, the last week. Yeah, they're really losing speed for me. Yeah. Nothing compares to Keith. <laughs> it's all Nothing Keith. Nothing compares to Keith. It's all Keith. Nah, oh, it'll, get, it'll get better. There's, there's so many new things that are in the works. Think about it. Like, Joe's done. Joe and Jake are done. Uh, Let's talk about divorced. it, shall we? Yeah. So we open with a leaf blower. Um, that was really fun. Yeah, and it didn't seem to have any sort of electrical current going through it. It just looked like a tube. And this man's like shaking it at the concrete. I love that they're really trying to make an effort to let us know that Amanda's really taking care of the grounds. She is. She's, like, she's got a lot of new pool hands. cleaner. There's a guy with a leaf blower. They are keeping up Melrose Place. Mm-hmm. Any means necessary. She's not lifting a finger like Joe. I mean, like Jane and Michael. So we head over to Billy and Allison's apartment, and he is pouring himself a glass of orange juice. He's about to drink it, and then he thinks about his partner. And then he's like, Allison, did you want any orange juice? (laughs) And she takes a sip and hands it right back. But that was to let us know that he's really all in. He's really thinking about them as a couple and is committed to putting Allison first. And dude, ew, ew. If you took a sip of orange juice and gave it to me, I would be like, that's disgusting. Like, there's a lot of drinks that you can share. Orange juice out of a glass is not one of you them. Know, that would gross me the fuck out. I can do orange juice, but one drink Ugh. I can't do is milk. Ugh. If you're drinking milk, I just think you of like... You can't take a sip of like milk. Like, loogies and milk mixed together. Well, do you, same, for, same with orange juice and milk. You don't share orange juice, guys. Okay. You don't do it. So, but... I guess Billy and Allison break this cardinal rule. They right. are sharing. And then and- Jake bursts in like Kramer from Seinfeld. And he's like, hey, guys, uh, break it up. Because they're like, they're already making out, right? They were making a plan to meet for lunch later right. that day. And they, how did their jobs allow them to do that all the time? Well, they probably get an hour lunch. Like we can we can just get out of here and go have picnics and it's all know. It's like you you guys both work at like offices. You can't always be going on picnics. So Jake shows up and he asks for uh, the cereal, milk, bowl, and a spoon, and they give it to him. And 
he eats it at their apartment. Yes, he does. Why, Jenny? <laughs> well, because he doesn't have any of the stuff at his apartment in order to make himself feel at home. So he's relying on them to supply the necessities. So Jake is sitting there. Allison goes to work. Jake's sitting there. He's munching on his food. He's talking to Billy. Billy starts to get all sort of philosophical with him about, like, missing Joe and all this bullshit. And he's like, man, I don't miss Joe. Spare me your shitty advice, young Billy. This isn't how it works. But Billy does say, hey, the way I make it work with Allison is because we respect each other's choices, which is the foreshadowing that we're going to see throughout the duration of the episode. And that line is absolute bullshit, too, because Billy wasn't respecting Allison's choices when she was sneaking off to go visit with Keith when he was back in town. Oh, I disagree. I think he was absolutely respecting her choices because he would let her go. That's true. Oh, you want to go out on dates with your (laughs) ex-boyfriend? Please be my guest. That's true. Go right ahead. That's true. Uh, So now we go to D&D. Joe and Allison are there. Joe's looking for Amanda because she is trying to quit and get out of this whole fiasco that is Jake on this uh, beer campaign ad. So she wants out because their relationship is over, and she's like, I can't work with him. I just can't be around him. It's done. Right. So when Joe comes in, Allison sees her, and Joe tells Allison that she's going to quit and says, gosh, I hope Amanda understands. And then we cut immediately to Amanda's face going, I don't understand. That was a great cut. Yeah. A great shot. And, uh, of course, Amanda has to stick to her guns and is like, well, I can't let you out of this contract. I, I mean, you can't go back on your word. And although you may have some differences with Jake this is the real world you're gonna have to buck up and just do your best I mean after all diamonds are created what the fuck is the line she says coal under pressure produces diamonds that's that's what it is (laughs) but and I mean I for one time in my life agree with Amanda it's like look this is work and just because you had a relationship with this guy and you don't anymore you're the photographer that we hired, and I'm going to hold you to that shit. You got to do it. It's a good lesson. So we go to Jane and Michael, and they are signing their divorce papers, and Michael is not happy about this. Would you? She lost big time. Big time. Oh, Michael lost big time. Yeah. yeah. Michael lost big time. So he's giving up half of his pay for, for two years. For the next years. two years. And in the grand scheme of life... Two years ain't nothing. Right. That's kind of what it is. But he makes a point to say, Jane, I am going to make sure that you earn every penny of my money. Right. So a nice little promise of things to come from Michael Mancini. And this hurts Michael because Michael's a big like win or lose guy. Like he was all about like the game. He's like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to win. You're never going to get this, Jane. And she get this. She does get this. She get this. So he gets really heated, gets up in Jane's face, and his attorney suggests that he goes and waits outside. And then when Jane is left alone with her attorney, Robert, 
<laughs> Immediately, things start getting a little strange. Yeah, he's like touching her hand. Yeah, he grabs Jane's hands and like looking her deep in the eyes and talking about how she did the right thing and and that he hopes that he that she doesn't have to utilize his services again, but really hopes that they can see each other under different circumstances. Yeah, and he's like, literally, call me whenever you want about anything. And then Jane plants a little <laughs> kiss on the cheek and walks away and his eyes just follow her like <gasps> like a lost yeah. little puppy. It's like, oh my God, do we have a new Keith replacement? Please God <laughs> say yes. Oh my God, I need another Keith in my life. If you haven't noticed, Jenny really misses Keith. So much, guys. The show... Keith has left a major impression on our lives. And he's left a gaping hole in Melrose Place. But this, I mean, this guy is like totally validated now to like pursue jane because of that little kiss but can he sweat on demand <laughs> can he have but a tv i don't know anyway can he go through an entire season one in the same pair of jeans <laughs> can he teach you scuba diving in 15 seconds we shall see we shall see so katya and matt are at the hospital and uh, matt offers to um, treat Katya to a, a cappuccino, but we can tell that Katya is a little perturbed. She's not her usual happy self, and she's trying to kind of like get through. And she reveals to Matt that she is not going to be renewed at the hospital. Something like she was an intern, so I think she was trying to get a like a like a permanent basis. Gig. Yeah, but they've already hired. A new person. So, like, she's not really getting fired. Her just, her time limit is up. And with that being said, I think her, that means her visa is up. So, she's going to have to go back to Russia. Right. Um, and I made a note that she sounds a lot better. Like, I could understand her way better than when we first met her. Could you? I, or maybe I just got used to I it. I wouldn't stretch it that far. I think she sounded much better. Like, I just... I don't know. She does have a very heavy Russian accent. Yeah, but it was less in this one. <laughs> um, so, next up, we hang out with Allison and Billy, and they're going on a picnic. Yeah, their shitty lunch picnic, consistent of one plastic bag from Ralph's and, uh, like, the worst blanket. I just hate them now. Well, they're annoying. They're so and, annoying. You know... Anytime they ever go on these little picnics, all they do is talk about everybody else in Melrose Place. Like, yeah. remember when they went to that concert picnic thing? Yeah. And then all Allison could ever do was talk about Jane and Michael. Now all she's doing is talking about Joe and Jake. It's like... All they do, they just gab with each other. Um, and I had the, the note again. How can they do this? How can they go to these picnics every day? Yeah, I, I don't think they're doing it every day, but I think people get an hour launch. And if they work relatively close to one another, it's doable. Yeah. But they're really preoccupied with Joe and Jake and talking about how their pride is keeping them away. And they're such a good match. And that if they could only get them to realize that they are good for each other and they just need to set their pride aside. And how, how like, self 
self-absorbed you have to be to think that like, oh, well, together, me and you can bring this other couple together after they've both decided that they're not compatible. We can bring it back. Dan, it gets even worse because the next scene, it's Allison and Billy and they're out to dinner with Jake and this is later in the day. And the server comes over with their menus and they say, oh, we're actually going to need four menus. And it's like, (laughs) oh, God, what do they have up their sleeves? It's just this terrible formula of, oh, if we put them in the same place together, they'll be forced to make up. And that's exactly what they did. They invited Joe to dinner without letting her know that Jake was going to be there and vice versa. So Joe sits down and she's like, what? What are you guys doing? Yeah. I mean, this is a really dick move. And especially, they just broke up like days ago. Yeah. Why and, would you do this to your friends? Yeah, and I'm sure Joe hasn't even gotten a new fridge yet. Yeah. Probably still smells like... Cabbage. <laughs> cabbage? That's all there was on the floor. <laughs> I swear. And it, we lead into a really awkward conversation. And then... They have the gall to bring up an article that Allison was reading about how the biggest problem in relationships is a lack of communication. Oh, nice. Uh, Things that two people who just broke up want to hear. And so now the conversation gets into communication. And Jake is like, yeah, well, she communicated a little too much. And and he says, uh, he says, money changes things, especially when it's yours. And then she Boom. hits him back. Hey, it's all your pride that got in the way of everything. Yeah. And then he says, nope, it's your fear of intimacy. And it's just back and forth, back and forth until Joe's like, you know what? Thanks for the lovely evening. Yeah. But I'm leaving. And then Billy, he just puts up this look of like, I'm not sure how that happened. <laughs> I thought they were going to get married. <laughs> And it's and like, Jake, what the fuck did you guys expect? Yeah, and Jake, of course, is not amused. And it's like, guys, give it a rest. And honestly, give it a rest. Yeah. Y'all can't, you guys aren't like matchmakers. Come on now. You're brother and sister. <laughs> so we go back to Sydney and Jane over at their apartment. And Sydney's going to yet another movie by herself. She loves the cinema. It's like what she does. She's a moviegoer. I'm digging it. I'm a movie buff. You're a movie buff. Nah, b- uh, by proxy. But yeah, like I, I just I love a good flick. Yeah, love going. She loves going, and she's trying to talk Jane. And I love how she's like, "Well, Jane, I'm supposed to be there for you." Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, meanwhile, I'm trying to go fuck your yeah, but it's ex-husband. like it's like. Saying this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, yeah. no, it's not like you are supposed to. It's like you should just be there for your sister because you genuinely want to be there for her. It's not this duty that you're supposed to fulfill just Jane, because it's you my are. role. It's my role. I'm supposed to help. <laughs> supposed to help. So Jane's not having it. She's drinking some wine. She's like, no, 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 Sid. You know what? You go. I'm gonna chill out here. And uh this is a very heartfelt moment. Like I even felt a little sad i know like she's just like poor this is it i've signed my divorce papers i am alone and she starts crying yeah she's sitting in front of the tv she turns the tv on turns it off tears just start streaming down her face she looks down at her hand she's still wearing her engagement ring and i think one of the shows she was watching was just rapid gunfire (laughs) (laughs) or maybe it was the news (laughs) (laughs) So she just turns it off, looks at her ring, and it's just 
Sobs. Yeah, it's it's really sad. I mean, she just curls up on the couch and she's crying, and it's hard, hard. you know. Yeah, you come to that realization like my this marriage is, is over, and my kid sister lives with me, and she's at the movies, and sad. I have this thirteen-inch television. <laughs> That's the saddest of all, perhaps. It's so sad. So we go over to a playground where we finally meet Nikki, Katya's little daughter, who, if you remember from the last episode, is... Mara Wilson! Yes, you may remember her from Matilda or from Mrs. Ms. Doubtfire. I'm so glad that she wasn't just a photograph. Wasn't just a photograph. She has an actual role with lines. And she's, she's so cute. She was like the cute one of the probably top five cute nineties kids. Oh yeah, for sure. You know? And she's playing on a playground as Katya and Matt look on and Katya's kind of describing the way of life in Russia, how it's so hard and um she basically She's really laying it on thick about Russia. Like Well like she has ulterior motives, guys. Dude, she's like in Russia, there is nothing for me. You must wait in a line every time you even want to get a piece of bread. And Matt like looks at her like, the horror. You have to wait in lines? Lines? Are you kidding me? Yes, Nikki will never have any opportunity like here in America. And <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good Katya. Thank you. <laughs> My university theater chops are finally paying off. But she makes it seem like Russia's in like the depths of hell. And I mean, <laughs> well, in the nineties, was it really well, that bad? It wasn't good. I mean, isn't this they're is not when the USSR world. disbanded? And... But they're not like third world. I mean, I, I think Bosnia was really bad in the nineties. Well, someone fact check us on this, but <clears throat> um, yeah, someone tell us about Russia. <laughs> tell us about Russia in the nineties. Was it as bad as Katya claims? I mean, did I... you have to wait for bread? Tell us. I watched The Americans, but that's in the 80s, okay? Yeah. I love that show. Yeah. So anyway. Um, and Oh, yeah. So she's talking to Matt, and Matt's like, well, can't you get a job at another place? And she's like, nope. My time has run out. I should have applied earlier. And it's like, yeah. You should have, Katya. If this was that important, you should have, yeah. like, plan B, C, D, etc. Yeah, you should have had, like, five other options, especially if you had a daughter. But and no, like, you go back to Mother Rush and only have raw fish and vodka every day. Raw fish. So she asks, do you like hot dogs? And Matt's like, would it be un-American if I said that I didn't? <laughs> mm-hmm. So they decide that they're going to have dinner that evening, and he's going to bring his world-famous potato salad. Yeah, guy, guess what? No potato salad is world-famous. None. It all tastes the same, ah! and it's gross. I don't know. hate potato I salad. I like potato salad. It's like, why mess up the potato? <laughs> So we are now at the shoot for the beer that Jake is the face of. And we called it. Now that Joe and Jake are having to work together, there's a lot of tension on set. Yeah, and a lot of inappropriate back and forth snide comments in within the workplace now. Like, y'all are at work. Jake just does not care about getting paid. He doesn't. It's like he actively is like, how can I mess this up? Jake hates work. 
He hates paychecks. He quit. Has he? He's quit every job. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, and, he got laid off from that the other bike place. Yeah, but oh yeah, you're right. He did. He got laid off there. But he quit the coffee place. Yeah, he he is really does not give. He doesn't give a fuck. No, he doesn't. There's no no strain of income, and all that happens is Joe tells him to move his seat. Oh, can you scoot back in your seat a little bit? God, Joe, no! I can't because it'll look stupid. Move your camera. Oh my God! If you can move see your the camera face right now. <laughs> and then, Yikes. and then Amanda, she like this conversation is about moving a position on a seat, and then Amanda just walks over and rips his shirt open. <laughs> it's like I know what'll fix this. Let's see a little skin. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, "Why the fuck did you just rip my shirt open?" We're talking about where I sit. And then he's like, that's it. Going to my trailer. He goes to the trailer. Joe's like, I can't work like this. And then Jake hits the trailer. Amanda comes back, comes in the trailer, and is like, hey, look, you are the talent. We we paid, we're, we're hired you because of your body. People are going to be touching you. They're going to be ripping your shirt off. They're going to tell you what to do. You got to just go with it. Like, Dude, you're at, you're at work. You're a model right now. Be right. a model. And it kind of gets through to Jake, although he does have a few quips like, I'm not going to be your little centerfold. I'm not a piece of meat. But ultimately, I think Amanda like, yeah, you is are. Like, come on, put the shirt back on. Let's go out there. Get back to work. And she gets a little smile out of him in the end. And they resume their photo shoot. Yeah. And she's like, I'll talk to Joe. She's being a little bitchy, and we'll, we'll just smooth it all out. We head over to the hospital with Matt and Michael, and Michael is lamenting to Matt about the fact that Jane gets everything. She gets his money, and now she's got his friends, and um, he wants to, to continue the relationship with everybody, and Matt makes the suggestion that, Hey, you know, you don't necessarily have to come to Melrose Place to see everybody. I mean, we do live in L.A. We can meet somewhere else. Yeah. And then Michael's like, you know what? Thanks, Matt. I'm going to have a party. Hey, Kimberly, get your ass over here. Kimberly, honey, Matt had this great idea. We're going to have a party. And Kim- this weekend. Yeah, and Kimberly's like, uh, what? Uh, don't you think that's not that great of an idea? Let's let all this divorce stuff die down. And Kimberly is getting hotter. If that's possible. You think? Yeah. Like, I like her facial expressions are just like, mmm. I think you're just getting to know the character of Dr. Kimberly Shaw more. <sighs> My heart beats for you, Kimberly. She has a very 1940s look about her. They always make her hair look like Veronica Lake. I don't know who that is, but okay. I love it. <laughs> uh, so she's not into it. He, Michael's like 100% on it. He's like, great, we're going to do it. We're having this big old party. Invite everybody. And then Matt's like, so... What's going on? He's like, yeah, 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 Matt. You go. Go invite everyone. Go to Mara's place and tell everybody about it. You're my little whipping boy. And of course, Matt's like, well, okay, I don't have much to do this episode except something else. (laughs) I'm always somebody's (laughs) little servant running around doing things for other people. Allison and Billy, of course, they're talking about Michael after, uh, is this after the run? 
So we go to Billy and Allison's apartment and Billy asks Allison if she's heard about this party at Michael's. And Allison is like, yeah, can you believe that? He thinks we're actually going to show up at that party after everything he put Jane through. Well, I'm going to go. Oh, oh, Billy, you think infidelity is okay? Oh, that's great. I don't think it's okay, but I think you can be friends with both people. And this is interesting. This is something that we can talk about. Is it all right if your friends break up to maintain relationships with both of them? I really think it depends upon where your loyalties lie. You know, like... Yeah. Like... Who were you closer with? Yeah, exactly. Like, in a couple... You know, we all have these couple friends, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's always one half of the couple that you relate to or connect with more than the other person. Yeah. Right? And depending on what is done to cause the breakup can change who that person you swayed to, to. Yeah, I agree. So, like, if you were super close with... With made up name Jane, and she cheated on made up name Michael, then you would be more inclined to continue the relationship with Michael. Well, no, I mean, if I was closer with Jane and she cheated on Michael, I would have to stand by my girl and be like, "We all make mistakes, honey." (laughs) (laughs) You know. You, uh, yeah, I just because she's really, a girl. I think it depends. And it's not just because she's a girl. I mean, there are some couple friends that we're closer with the male than the female. I am. I'm keen on breakup by association. If my friend breaks up with somebody, it's a wrap. I can't be hanging out with that other person. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. What dumb. if the cheater was your friend to begin with? I know. Then it's then Or your friends just don't do that. My friends don't do that, <laughs> Jenny. My friends don't cheat. We're gentlemen. Well, that's how Allison feels about the situation. She, she questions yeah. Billy, how can he be so casual about adultery? Yeah. And he's like, What are you talking about? And she ends this by saying, you couldn't pay me to go, but I'm really interested to see who will actually show up. And it's like, uh, everyone. <laughs> Everyone's going except you, Allison, because you suck and your hair's stupid. <laughs> Her hair is so bad. So bad. Oh, it's a, it's a little better than last episode. Yeah. Not by much. And it's no. like, it makes her, no, this is not the look for Allison. Nope. So now we go to a scene that made us pause the episode (laughs) and we had about five minutes of ruckus laughter (laughs) to this scene with Katya and Matt at Katya's place. Uh, They're hanging out. They've just eaten their hot dogs. Yeah, had the hot dogs and world famous potato salad. And uh, they're playing, Matt's playing with... um, Nikki. Nikki, and then Nikki's off to bed, and then Jenny, go ahead, take it from here. I don't. <laughs> okay, I don't even know if anybody else will think this is funny, but there's this really awkward exchange after Nikki runs off to bed. Matt's Katya, like, she's great. Katya comes back, 
And then there's this really weird blocking that happens where like Katya walks over to Matt who's seated on the floor. Then Matt stands up. Matt stands up. They're standing next to one another, but like in a very awkward, weird, like why are we standing next to each other way? And then he's like, oh, your daughter Nikki is so wonderful. And she's like, oh, actually, that's how I depend she tried to say hereditary, she says, but she's like, "It's hereditary." It's hereditary, and then she, <laughs> she does the weirdest. She does the strangest walk. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever seen toddlers and tiaras, but but how, how they they teach them how to prance. These, like three year olds do this weird walk where they swing their arms like in front of them, and then they like. Like jut their hips out, and Katya does the walk. It looks like it looks like there's footprints where, or like tape marks where Katya is supposed to hit her marks while she's speaking. So she's like, "It's hereditary," <laughs> and then she like walks one foot over weirdly, next foot over weirdly as she's delivering like line, line, line. No, if you guys have ever seen toddlers and tiaras, it's that is how they walk. I. I don't know. Dan and I found it so freaking funny. And if you do watch the episode, just take take note of this. It starts when they, they're standing and the, it's this weird, awkward thing. Check it and, out. Check it out. <laughs> Actually, it's <laughs> So they're, they're now both sitting again and the shit starts getting real. Katya again is laying it on extra thick that Russia is fucked. And then she pulls out this wad of cash, and she's like, here, Matt, this is what I've been able to save while I was here. It's $1,000. I want you to marry me. And Jenny, you were right. 100%. I mean. Like, you knew it. you you, You had to know it up front. Yeah. But, it, but I mean, you knew it early, like, first, first time she was introduced, it, it like, resonated with because you. Because it's such a good opportunity. Like, you're going to have to marry for papers thing. So, he, uh, Matt is very surprised by this proposition. And he immediately says, Katya, I can't marry you. I just can't. And she's so disappointed, and we end it not on a very good note with those two. My first impression was like, a thousand? For real? That's it? I mean, I used to work with this guy at Bubba Gump's, and he married this girl that worked there too. And rumor has it that he paid her $10,000. But then they... I remember. They broke up really soon after, and everyone said that she like went into hardcore drugs. And he got deported. Kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. He had to go back home. Mm. Sad stories. But, I mean, I guess in the nineties, like a, a G was a lot. Like a thousand dollars is still a lot to me, but to get married, like that's a really huge change in your life. And it's not like and they can she, live apart; they'd have to live together. And she was like, "I'll pay you a wage." It was like, "You don't have a job anymore." <laughs> like from what? Yeah, you don't have shit, and I gotta raise your daughter. Where's she going? <laughs> A thousand, but I think Matt would like that. Yeah, he ha- he had like the family. I mean, he got laid off from the halfway house, and he loved working with kids. It's true. So uh, it's the next day. 
or next couple of days, Amanda heads on over to Jakey Poo's and uh, she has the photos of the shoot. And she's like, Jake, you're a natural. And I love the response Jake gives. He's like, I don't give a shit. What? What? What do you want? And he and uh, she shows him the photos and she's like, Jake, you're great. These shots are fantastic. I thought the shots looked good, but I love Jake. Jenny thought they sh- they sucked. <laughs> I didn't get the allure. A lot of them are just Jake squinting into the camera. But, you it's know. It's brooding. It's brute. Dan really was impressed, so. I was so impressed. What do I know? Um, but Amanda seems to think that Jake has a, a future in modeling and that she really wants to take Jake to the top. Because if he models, it will give him the capital to open another bike store or and bike that, shop. And that, that sort of got his eyes lit up. Okay. He was sort of like, oh, all right. And then they start talking about Michael's party. And Jake is like, so, uh, you going? I think we should go together. And then Amanda's like, yeah, I think we should. Mm-hmm. Sucky, sucky now. Did I just say that? Sorry, guys. <laughs> okay, so we see <laughs> Billy and Allison, and they are going for a run. And this starts with Allison's trademark. They come back for a ah, run. Billy! <sighs> ah, she always lets out this, like, exasperated, like, audible sigh whenever she's perturbed or upset at anything. She's always like, ah, Billy, I can't believe you're going to the party. And he's like, come on, Allison. We're all going. And and I'm I mean Allison, just shut up. Just shut no, up, her, man. She says, Well, if I wanted to to go somewhere and you didn't, I wouldn't go because I would want to support you. And I say bullshit because remember, she wanted to go to Keith's hotel room <laughs> right before she almost got raped and Billy was like, I don't think you should go. And then she's like, Goodbye. Yeah. Remember that, Allison? Yeah. Billy's like, Allison, we can't have a disagreement. Like, what's up with that? And she's like, no, this isn't just a disagreement. These are fundamental things in a relationship that we can agree on and don't agree on. And then he was like, come on, everybody's going. Jake is going, Matt's going. Oh, all the men? Yeah, I'm sure it's a bonding kind of a thing. And it's like, Shut oh, up. get over yourself. And she's like, I'm going to go do something else tonight. And he's like, well, what? I'm making my own plans. And she she has- takes her dirty ass, not even take a shower, and goes over to somebody else's apartment, Jane's, and is like, hey, let's have a girl's night. I'm not going to that stupid party. And Jane immediately is like, no, this that's really okay i don't need this pity party and allison's like oh it won't be a pity party it absolutely won't be it'll be really fun joe's not going we can all hang out sydney do you want to go and And sydney's like oh actually i'm gonna be working at this new restaurant tonight i told him i had two years experience (laughs) she's such a great liar yeah she's like how do you just have that waiting in the and she's so oh, cute. The, in the holster. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, well, maybe we can come visit you tonight. We go out to dinner at the restaurant you're working at. She's like, no, no, that, that, that'll be cool. I, that'll get me too nervous. Yeah, I just want to make a good impression, but maybe next time, okay? 
And they're like, yeah, okay. And she is, is this where she's dressed up like real provocatively? No. Not yet? That's, I'm like, I can't wait for that part. That's coming up. Man. So we so we leave that scene knowing that Jane, Amanda, and Joe are all going to go out that Al- evening. Allison and Joe. Oh. Drink. Um, Jane, Allison, and Joe are all going to go out that evening, and we presume Sydney's working at a new restaurant. So now, Michael and Kimberly are prepping for the party. Of course, uh... Kimberly is doing everything she can because Michael is forcing her to throw this party. And Michael yeah, rolls and she's, in. With, she's the one that has to, you know, make all the food, get everything ready, clean the place. And Michael just waltzes in, like, oh, hey, everything looks like, great. I got three restaurant sized chip bags. <laughs> cool. Great. Thanks, Michael. I've been slaving away on this. On this motherfucking guacamole all yeah, day. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing. She's like, I've just been working on this guacamole for half an hour. I just want to like, be yeah, like... I think it's done. Kimberly, <laughs> do you know how to make guacamole? <laughs> you just mix it, really. It's really not that big of a deal. You mash up a couple of avocados and throw some Chop other an crap onion. in it. That's it. Yeah, and you're good. Set it and forget it. So there's a knock at the door. And there is a little helper that wanted to come early and help set up. And she's looking good, guys. And it's Sydney. Is she not looking good? Jenny? I loved her look. She looks good. I loved it. Surprise, surprise. She doesn't have a restaurant gig after all. Nope. She was planning to go to Michael's party all along. And okay. what does she have with her? Oh, she has a bowl of guacamole. And Kimberly gives her the death stare. Like, oh, bitch, you did not just roll up in my house with guacamole. And, and she makes Michael lick guac off of her finger just to show, like, dominance. Yeah, just to... And that's Kimberly. Yeah. Has Michael lick it off of her finger to show Sydney, this is my man. Yeah, it's like you and my house. But let's talk about Sydney's outfit real quick, because you did mention this. So hot. So she has on these awesome like, and these are coming back. I want they're not crochet, but they're like these see-through pants. And she just has on like, like a thong underneath underneath them, and then like one of those little pirate half shirts, like where the bell sleeves and really roughly. But then it's like a belly shirt where you can see her black bra. Yeah. And her hair's all curled up. She looks really good. She dolled up. Sydney is so cute. That's her. That's her. Get him. Get him dress. She is just so cute. And that's her version of the season one. Get him dress. Yeah. Yeah. So she's there. She's ready to help, and um, they are getting ready for the big soiree later that night. Everyone's there. Everybody shows up. Billy. Billy's there. Matt's there. Jake's there. Amanda's there. And uh, in addition to lots of extras, yeah, tons of extras. This is like a really, and they and the parties, it looks really cool. It looks fun. Like, I would want to go to that party, yeah. Kudos to to the extras. It it looks like, um, it actually looks like a party a lot of times in TV shows. Like, anytime there's like something happening or to do, it doesn't look that fun. Well, I will say some of the background extras were a little weird, yeah. There was like a guy who was like seven feet tall. There was and another guy who was, like, fucking jacked. The way that they're dancing and stuff. But, I mean, the setup. The house looked really good. And they had these really cool, like, lanterns on the back deck. Yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff looked good. They were doing it. And so, Amanda immediately pulls Billy to dance. 
Yeah, so they're dancing. Amanda's dancing with Billy. Um, Jake is really impressed by everybody that's at the party. And he goes to um, Michael and is like, Michael, who are all these mystery babes? And Michael's like, hey, I'm a doctor. You just tell a couple people at the hospital that you're having a party and they come out of the woodwork. He's like, I'm balling, bitch. I'm balling. So now uh, we have a we have a a meetup with Matt and Michael, and Matt spills the beans. I don't know why Matt continues to confide in Michael because Michael offers like little to no advice, like, and he usually just makes fun of Matt's problems <laughs> and like <laughs> walks away. That's so, usually all he does. So Matt's basically like, uh, Michael. Katya wants to marry me. And Matt's just like, Michael's like, oh, that's fucking great. Awesome. And she's offered me $1,000 in order to do that. That sounds great. You get married and you got to get paid. Hey, no one else is going to take your last name. Might as well put it to good use, right? And then Matt's just like, have fun at your party. Bye. (laughs) And Michael's like, did I say something wrong? (laughs) Yeah. uh, Mancini's drunk. He's but it's like, Matt, why would you bring that up at this pretty raucous, fun party? You He's can just see sitting. Michael's like having a load, like taking a load off, having a good time. Why? M- Matt's just sitting, standing on the outside of the party. Gazing out into the ocean, into the abyss, yeah. wondering, weighing the options. What should I do? <laughs> so we're still at the party, and we, we, we then change gears here, and Billy... He's got his hands all up on Amanda. Yeah, for Real a platonic little relationship that, you know, everything's squashed with them. They're really close. Yeah. He's like rubbing her back and like, it's really strange. Mm-hmm. If I walked in and you were dancing like that with somebody, I'd be like. Especially next boyfriend. Uh, excuse me. And luckily Jake cuts in and he asks, so is it weird seeing someone you used to date all the time? And. Amanda says, no, it's not weird, but I always leave with the guy that I came with. Ooh. Like a little promise of some... Little nookie. Yeah, something a little bit later on in the evening. My comment here is that there's too much dancing at this party. So much dancing. Because it is a house party. And There's not that much dancing at a house party. There's more just like grouping Group talking. Yeah. So Michael's dancing with this this gal, and there are there's Sydney, some other girl, and Kimberly looking on. Oh yeah. And this other girl is just like, oh my god, Michael is so cute. I just love him so much. He's so sexy. And she turns to Kimberly and goes, "How do you know him?" I live here, bitch. She, yeah, Kimberly just goes, "I live with him," and walks away. Kimberly is so good at delivering these lines that cut like a knife like Mm -hmm. her little and you were talking about her facial expressions like she can just deliver a look that's like oh i got you yeah she 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 can give you cold she's becoming my favorite character she's great yeah she's she is awesome but in in that moment she's like why do these people like she's getting sick of being like i'm not other woman anymore i'm though i'm the woman she is her role is changing because yeah. now that Michael has her, he he's using her like he would use Jane. Yeah. And and she's just not into it. She's like, I need I'm done being hidden. I need people to know that this is my house. Yeah. And that I am with Michael. So she's gonna start like really 
really marking her territory. So now we cut to the pity party at none other than shooters. Oh, I called it the man bashing powwow. <laughs> this is um, supposed to be like, this is Allison's idea of fun. Let's go to shooters and just sit around a cocktail table and complain about men and how they're yeah. pigs. They're eating like bar nuts and just like griping. Oh, I'm like, God. this is pathetic. Yeah, I would like rather kill myself. And Jane has the right idea. She's like, oh, excuse me, please. Yeah, and she's she like, leaves eh, fuck the this. I'm going to go get laid. She leaves the group, <laughs> picks up a payphone, takes out her the business card of Robert, her attorney, remembering his forward advances about how he wanted to see her again. And she calls and is like, hi, can I come over? And Robert says, oh, sure. I'm just whipping up a gourmet meal for myself. <laughs> I don't know if that was supposed to be a joke. The next time you call me, Jenny, I'm going to tell you that I'm doing that. Please just follow that with a real gourmet meal because that would make my life. I'm just whipping up a gourmet meal for myself. And me. Who would call it gourmet? I don't know. Robert. So so it's decided. And there's no goodbye from shooters. Well, that we see. It's phone call and then straight to. Next scene is knock on the door. Jane's. Robert's crib. And Jane has. She's got the fuck me eyes on. She does. She has got the eye of the tiger. She comes out guns blazing. <laughs> he he delivers the same line that Kimberly delivered to Michael. What? When Michael came over guns blazing, the first time they did it on the salad. Yeah. She's like, I have a, a bottle of wine. Oh, yeah. They both said that. Maybe that's just like what you say when. Yeah, he's like, I have a bottle of wine. And she just jumps goes for bones. it. Yeah, she goes for it. We even see some side boob from out of out of Jane. We do, and they're making out, and she stops and says, "Wait a minute, is this a conflict of interest?" And he says, "No, case is closed. Case closed." <laughs> so then they just do it right there on the floor. Yep. And I'm like, you know what? Good for Jane. Go get yours. Yeah. Go get you. You don't need to be eating bar nuts with old, old haircuttery twelve dollar Allison <laughs> and old, uh, old bitter bust Joe Reynolds over there. Go get yours. She's getting floby haircuts. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Go get out of there. Just yeah. get out of that situation and go hook up. So- Speaking of Allison, she comes back from her girls' night out and to find Billy at home already. And she says, oh, what, was the bash a dud? And Billy says, actually, no, it was hopping, but the truth is, I missed you. And he produces a little bouquet of flowers from behind his back. Yeah, and he's like, I got them from a 24-hour store and the selection wasn't that good. It's like, motherfucker, you probably stole those from a grave. They look like shit. This is the worst pair of flowers I have ever <laughs> seen in my life. They are horrible. You stopped you stopped right at a graveyard and was like You stole hmm. those from a grave? Yeah, he was like, I'll take these. <laughs> these are for my big sister. And she eats it up. She's like, oh. It's like the second she sees the flowers. Guys, these (laughs) flowers are decrepit. (laughs) Like, you could pick better flowers in 
I don't know. The whore flowers were better. Yeah. You could have spray painted them all black, wrote whore in the box. Well, you know what? Those were the last flowers Allison received. So I guess anything... I guess anything is better. Cemetery flowers are a step up for her, okay? Yeah. So anyway, um, they make up and she's like, oh, I forget about all the bad stuff I said about you tonight. And I wrote, so gross, exclamation, exclamation. Yeah. And she was like, Billy, you're right. If we both have the same opinions about everything, then we'd be the same person and that wouldn't be fun in life. So everything's good. Let's make out. Yeah. Yucky. <laughs> now, uh, Jake and Amanda are walking home from the from Michael's party. And Jake walks Amanda up to the door. Amanda, you know, like we're supposed, we're led to believe that, like, it's going to go down tonight. That's That's where it's all headed. But Amanda's just like... Thank you for walking me to my door. And then she goes to shut the door, and then Jake barges in. Just bursts in. Makes a beeline to where, guys? <laughs> the fridge. He wants that fridge. He goes, oh, and he even says, nice fridge. And he goes, <laughs> like, oh, my God, he's got another one in his sights. That's he's gotta be for two. Ode. There's got to be an ode to the last one. It fridge. has to be. And he he goes into the fridge, brings out two beers, and he's like, God, it's so cold in here. Because no, none of the other apartments have air conditioning. Hers is the only one. Right. And he walks up to like the wall unit and like is like, God, this feels so good in here. When are we all going to get air conditioning? And she's just like, well, I'm testing it out. And... Now's not the right time to talk about this, so can you, like, go? Yeah, Amanda's not amused, and she's like, can you leave, please? Like, I want you to leave. And then <laughs> Jake's just And like, Jake's kind of pushy. He's, yeah. like, very, he's very handsy again. And I, I even felt uncomfortable about, like, man, he is getting real grabby. Yeah, he's her. like, and he goes, you know what? It worked. I'm interested. And then he starts like kissing her and she pulls back and is like, I'm sorry. I think you have the wrong impression. And then he goes for it again. And he's like, and he's come like, on. I got the signs. I picked up on all your clues. Okay. And he goes for it again. And then Amanda has to slap him in the face to get him to stop. Can you remember how far we've come from when... Jake was talking to Billy about getting his terrible leather chair back from her when she made him throw it in the garbage. And he was like, you need to watch out for her. She's trouble. Remember that? And he was like, girl like that is trouble. Stay away. And now, now. look at him now. like Eating his words. He's like, you got me. You fucking got me. So, yeah, she's got to slap him in the face to get away. And, uh... She's, she just walks to the door and is like, here it is. See ya. And then he walks out, tries to like give her another another line at the door, and she's just not having it. She slams it shut. And then Amanda walks over to the air conditioning unit and has to like cool off because she's just so hot and bothered this, as the title. Was this supposed to be sexy? Yeah, I think it was supposed to, like, to leave me. her as like, oh, I want more, but just this wasn't the right time. 
Now we're back at Michael and Kimberly's. We hear Michael and Kimberly in the middle of this fight. I guess about what, like the state of the part the of the house. No, or? he goes. Gosh, I'm sorry. I dance with everybody but you. And which yeah, he's was like, true. it slipped my mind. <laughs> it's like he totally ignored her during their entire party, which is not cool. But to be honest, Kimberly does not look like a dancer. <laughs> I well, you know? I guess. And that is not a dancing party. If I walked, if I went to that party and walked in, I'd be like, "There's too much dancing going on here. You want to go on the porch?" Yeah, it's just con- constant dancing. Well, during their argument, they hear a noise coming out of the bedroom, and Kimberly's like, "What? What? What is that?" And then Michael goes to investigate, and who does he find? Sydney passed out on their bed. Well, she was passed out, and she's like, "Michael, the room is spinning." <laughs> and he's like, he's "Oh, like, great!" He's like, "I can't, I can't take her home at two a.m. like this." And then Kimberly says what I would definitely say, and is like, "Well, she's not sleeping on my fucking bed." Yeah, and she's like, "She get like her picks to the her couch," up. and then she's like, "Oh my god, get her to the bathroom, the bathroom, the bathroom, bathroom," because we all think that she's gonna puke everywhere. And what's funny is that. They're both medical doctors, and neither of them really give a shit that, like, maybe she could be in trouble. Because they know With, her like, name. alcohol poisoning. Who or, cares? You would just think that they would have more, like, make sure her head is tilted. No. Get her, get her some water. You know what I found is that doctors, and no offense to doctors out there, but they... that I No, that's, that wouldn't be their top priority. I guess. Not that I, like, pal around with doctors all the time or anything, but, I mean, I watch Nurse Jackie. Right. Of course. <laughs> all, all of Jenny's, Jenny's all medical knowledge. All my references are just sitcoms. It's all okay? Nurse Jackie. That's all I know. Um, so, anyways. Now we're at the aftermath of Jane and Robert's passionate evening. And they're they're on some makeshift like floor bed <laughs> by a fire. They took all all of the bedding off of a bed. Yeah, and made made like a little floor floor action. And you gotta like you gotta ask yourself how long did that take? Was that before or after they actually had sex? Oh, or wow. if they did it after, were they like, let's take all of the blankets from my bed and put it next to the fire and lay maybe, here? Maybe after hot passionate sex, Jane likes to make forts. That sounds fun to me. Yeah. And he he delivers a very strange line. Um, Jane is sort of like just contemplating what she's done. And he says, tell me what's going on in there. Oh, God. In her, in her head. And I'm like, dude, what? And the worst thing is, is that Jane actually answers it. She's like, I thought this would make me feel better. And... I mean, it did. Like, trying to save face to be like, having sex with you wasn't horrible. Yeah. But it's not really what I wanted. And he's looking at her like, bitch, do not talk to me about this. I am your lawyer, not your therapist. No. And we just did it. Nobody wants to hear this. No, I think he does. I think he, like, has a thing for her. And she kind of launches into this thing about... How when she found out about Michael that she just blamed herself and tried to, like, see what kind of a person she was. She must have been a really awful wife. And Robert reassures her, oh, no, you're wonderful. 
Um, and she finally says, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. I know now that it was all Michael. And Robert says, there's no need to apologize. There's no one else I'd rather be with tonight. Tonight. So, we're at a merry-go-round with little Nikki and Matt. And I guess Matt had heard Katya saying that it was their Sunday ritual to go to this carousel. So he shows up unannounced there and Katya's taken aback like, oh, Matt, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I'm like, Sunday ritual? Is to go to a carnival? You go to a carousel every Sunday? Every single Sunday? Hey, well, okay. She wants to give her daughter a good life. And now Matt, Matt's got it in his eyeballs. He is like... He's warming up to the idea of playing daddy to to little Nikki. Yeah, and he asks, when do you guys leave again? And they're leaving that Saturday, so six days away. We leave Saturday. And he, ta- he talks to, to Nikki, and she's like, I don't want to go back to Russia. Mom says there's lines. <laughs> <laughs> They're really worried about these lines. <laughs> A lot of lines. Have you ever heard somebody like talk about a country and be like, don't want to go there? Tons of lines. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, so we then go on over to Kimberly and Michael's place. It's the next day, and Michael has a splitting headache. Kimberly is making breakfast. She's got a shift of rounds. She's got to work. The place looks great. It looks like somebody came in and professionally it cleaned does. it. I'm um, sure Kimberly did it all. Well, I'm sure she did, but it's like, gosh, it's the morning after a party and there's like not, nothing's out of place. And she's like, hey, can you go hustle up little kid sister over there? Yeah, go check on, go check on Sydney while she's in the shower. So Michael's like, <laughs> okay, idea. he goes in to check on Sydney. <laughs> He's like, hey, Sid, you okay? And then she opens the door of the bathroom, just having gotten out of the shower. She's... Naked as a jaybird. And she's like, um, actually, Michael, can you hand me a towel? And then she opens the door a little bit more, and she's just standing there. Butt naked. Just in all her glory, looking at Michael like, oh. And he is like. He's checking it out. Can't look away. He hands her a towel. She just takes it from him. Doesn't make any attempt to cover herself up. And then just keeps making eye contact with him. And she goes, well guess i'll see you at breakfast yeah she's like thanks and you could tell this is like this is the first time michael has seen sydney in this light if you will if you will <laughs> but now he's like a, a, a switch has gone off in his brain the like, wheels are turning hello? in dr Benzini's brain he's like hello sydney so michael gets a little peep show and we get the credits it's a wrap that's it for this one, guys. So let's recap it. Matt gets asked for his hand in marriage. Kimberly and Michael throw a party. Jane's getting half of Michael's paycheck for two years. Joe and Jake can't work together. Amanda and Jake get a little bit closer. Jane sleeps with her attorney. And Billy and Allison... Still don't know their brother and sister. And then lastly, Michael sees Sydney naked. Bingo! Woo! 
nine. I found a lot of nineties moments. Oh, lay them on me. Um, I've got the that saying that Amanda says about coal. It's like it's a long winded saying that is now popular. She says, "Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's nineties about how how coal well, put under pressure produces diamonds." Right? She said, "Yes, yeah, she says coal under pressure produces diamonds," and I bet that's the nineties way of saying this. The saying you seen those shirts that just say "No pressure, no diamonds." It's a lot. It's a sports thing, because like getting the rings, getting the championship rings. Hmm. So I'm just gonna say her delivery of that of that saying is very nineties because now it's "No pressure, no diamonds." Oh, they shortened it up. Right. Okay. You got any? Yeah, um, that Minute Maid orange juice from the beginning of the app. Oh, yeah, they're sponsored by Minute Maid. Yeah, it's been on a lot. I've got uh, Mayor Wilson, Nikki, is playing with this handheld, like, water game. Yeah. With two buttons on each side, and you, like, you, like, you like pump it to push pressure throughout the water to make these uh, bubbles, pl- these like plastic pieces like land where you want them to land. It's a really shitty, primitive, like 90s toy that like no one can win. How primitive. And 93. Like, and Matt is sitting there on the <laughs> on the carpet with her like, you're really good at this. <laughs> like there's no fucking way to be good at that thing. It's just nothing. Um. The beret that was worn by the extra at the party. Oh, good one. Oh, that beret was just standing out to me. I've got Amanda's floral jean vest. Flor- mm. Floral print jean vest. Nice. Uh, Jane making the, the, the telephone call on the payphone and then taking out someone's actual business card in order to retrieve their number. That's good. Katia takes a picture of Matt and, and, and Nikki at the carnival with one of those really, like, thin fucking uh, cameras. Yeah. That's just like a little, it looks, it's about as, as thin as, like, a DVD case. Yeah. And she snaps that photo. Anything else? That's all I got. And uh, Michael's venting about something and... Uses those old-fashioned vending machines. Hmm. I've got that, too. So, all these episodes, deep down, it's getting harder and harder to find them, but there are lessons. Oh, I learned a very important one, this one. What's your lesson? Don't have your man check on an attractive woman taking a shower. (laughs) Don't say, oh, can you go check on her while she's naked in a shower, please? Go see what's going on with her. Don't do that. <laughs> it's a great lesson. My, and mine is uh, the same. Uh, not, it's not the exact same, but it's, it has to do with the same uh, thing. Mine is never keep your towels within arm's reach. Oh. Because then you have to go hand people towels and see them naked. So never keep them in. Yeah, don't keep them within arms. You want to, you want to see them naked. Well, if you're, because if you're in the shower, you don't want them to be able to get their own towel, because then you can't come and give them a towel gotcha. for them to be naked. That's my lesson. Okay, good one. Yeah. Now, it's time for bitch, bitch of, of the week. week. I'm a boss. 
last week. Jenny's bitch was Jake for beating up that shower. I mean, that, uh, for beating up that refrigerator. And mine was Kimberly for not being able to lie under oath. Now, with 62% of the vote, the bitch of the week was Kimberly. What? <laughs> What's wrong with you guys? She's got 38%. Oh, my goodness. Jenny, Did you guys watch the episode? You don't mess with Jake. You just don't. Oh, my God. Okay, whatever. Kimberly, you were being a bitch. They, our fans have spoken. So now this week, I'm going to go first. Yeah, because you're the reigning champion. Go ahead. I'm the reigning champ. My bitch of the week, first time ever nominating, I think, is Matt Fielding. Oh, my God. (laughs) Matt, you are being such a little bitch, man. Like, you have this perfect scenario set up. You're going to get a 1000 bucks and then paid, I don't know, weekly, monthly? Who knows? And all you got to do is marry this pretty little Russian girl and hang out with her daughter for a little bit, and you're good. Bro, you can still be gay. You can still go do your thing. It's all good. But you're being really bitchy. Like, you're going to make this little daughter, this little girl, Mara Wilson, the dream child of the 90s, go back to Russia and wait in all those lines? Are you kidding? Come on, bro. Katya has been nothing but cool to you. She took you to dinner at her place. She cooked you hot dogs. You marry that girl and you take that $1,000. Stop being a bitch. This is not going to hurt anyone. You're just going to be helpful. You're getting in the way. You're a bitch. All right. Um, Solid argument, Dan. Thank you. But I'm going to have to disagree and say that the clear-cut bitch of the week is Sydney. (laughs) (laughs) Sydney, yes. Firstly, she's living at Jane's place. Jane is putting a roof over her head because Sydney doesn't have a job. So Jane's paying (laughs) all of the rent, probably buying all of her groceries, and probably paying for all of the movies that Sydney goes to see by herself. Yet, Sydney still lies to Jane first about... Potential employment where she could maybe start contributing to the household. But secondly, that she's actually continuing to hang out with Jane's ex-husband. Yep. That alone could be enough to try to, you know, get her in the bitch realm. However, she wants to add insult to injury to Kimberly to come early, try to assert herself where she's not needed and really continuing to threaten Kimberly with her presence. And I think that she's really aware of that and she likes to put that pressure on her. Now, and then, are you saying that guacamole was a metaphor? Look, I, I, I don't know if Melrose Place goes that deep, but it was a very nice coincidence. And then lastly, the whole towel thing. I mean... This is getting to a whole new level. At first, it was just maybe a little crush or a harmless flirtation that she had with Michael. But now she's taking it to a whole new level with... Showing body. Yeah. And I think it's pretty evident, and I hope you guys will agree with me, that Sydney is the total bitch of the whole episode. All right. 
You got a tough decision to make, guys. After you hear this episode, head to our Twitter, at MelrosePod, and vote for this week's Bitch of the Week. So, Dan, this episode is named Hot and Bothered, which I think kind of fit. I mean, they they kind of, in my opinion, have missed the mark with a lot of these episode titles, but this one, I think, is pretty encompasses what's going on in in the episode. Yeah, it's tough. When they do a good one, I I get like self-conscious. Nervous. Yeah, I can't I can't I can't produce. <laughs> well, what do you think? My my rename this week and I'm not I'm not strong on it is I still got it. Okay. One one because Jane is she she she's like I gotta I gotta get out of this situation and I gotta hook up with this dude just to prove like I still got it, and then Kimberly has to prove that she still got it by really throwing around her uh, her command within the house like she chops down that girl about how how do you know Michael? Mm-hmm. It's like I live with him I still got this mm-hmm. and. Amanda, she has an I still got it moment when she hits that it hits that air conditioner. Yeah. She's like, the boys still want me. <laughs> I still got it. Well, I'm going with line in the sand. And I think that this can work on a couple different levels because, you know, the Melrose Place people have to choose. Are they with Michael? Are they not with Michael? Is Amanda liking Jake? Does she not like Jake? Does Sydney want to take the plunge and go after Michael or does she not? So it's like definitive decisions here on the relationships with other people in the Melrose Place universe. Them either making that line in the sand and deciding not to go over it and those that are deciding, I'm jumping over the line. Good. Solid. All right. What are your predictions? I think that Matt will marry Katya probably in the next episode, but I think there are going to be a lot of issues down the road because if you remember season one, Matt did file a lawsuit for defamation against the fact that he was gay. So I think that that might come back to haunt Ooh, him. Oh yeah. With the fact that like, wait, you're you're gay. You were gay. You filed this lawsuit. So either you were lying about the lawsuit or you're lying about this. And either way, you're lying. Yeah. So that could get him in some hot water down the road. That's a good thought. I didn't even think of that. I think Michael now is completely bored with Kimberly. Now that you know she's his main squeeze, as you put it, he's now looking for another little tryst. And yeah. I think he's going to find that in Sydney. And it's something that we have been um, predicting, but I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And I'm really hoping that Robert maybe develops some kind of weird stalking thing about Jane, just to kind of <laughs> give us a little bit of variance and a little bit of drama. Get your stalker back. Yeah. My predictions are next episode, Sydney and Michael are doing it. Um, I think Jenny, you are going to get your Melrose Place wedding, but it's going to be Katya and Matt. And I think Amanda and Jake are going to take a few more steps backwards before they become uh, 
a power couple. And that's it. Good stuff. That is it. Uh, we got a really, really cool email that I wanted to share with you guys from Kevin. Um, Kevin just wanted to, well, he says, hey, Dan and Jenny, just want to say that I've been listening to your podcast about the oh-so-wonderful MP for a few days now, and I love it. You guys are awesome. I cannot get enough and literally laugh out loud during each episode. Uh, he's been a big Melrose fan for years and started watching during its sixth season. So he caught it late and then discovered the reruns on E! in 98 and realized that the first five seasons, especially two and three, were 1,000 times better than the new episodes. That's what a lot of people have been saying. That like Yes, well, we're in it, guys. Yeah, so many people are like two and three. Are well, like, thank you so much, Kevin. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. We really appreciate it. Uh, he was hooked when he was in seventh grade. Completely normal, right? <laughs> Duh. But he said, he, he did say that uh, we made those tame early episodes of season one entertaining. And he can't wait to hear our thoughts as the show actually gets good. And hopes that we continue the epic podcast. Well, don't hope, because it's happening, man. <laughs> We're going to keep rolling. We're going to continue to roll. Um, he says season six and seven, they're not the best of episodes. But I know if anyone can make those episodes fun, it's the two of you. Aww. He could go on and on. So I'll just say thanks for making him laugh and can't wait to keep on listening. Thank you so much, Kevin. That's what this thing's about, man. We just wanna, we just wanna watch Melrose Place and and recap. You know, we're not experts. We're not. Oh, not by a long shot. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're not film or TV critics, but we 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 we're we're trying to get good at picking apart this thing. But we love smut. We love smut. Oh, God, I love it. Gotta love some smut. So thank and we you love guys. you. Yeah, we love you guys. Oh, and speaking of. We got a new Patreon supporter, and we wanted to say thank you to Paul. Thank you so much, Paul. Your contribution is much appreciated and is going to go towards making this show ten times better. We're getting some swag, and we're going to share it with our Patreon with our with our patrons very very soon. So look out for that. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Melrose Pod. Follow us on there. I share a ton of videos, ton of extras ton of bonus stuff we're on patreon patreon.com forward slash melrose pod we got bonus episodes about Rhonda. we got a full recap analysis patched up together about all of season one just for our patrons and our keith episode that's coming in the pipeline it's guys. in the pipe it's we in the got pipe a whole app devoted to my favorite character <laughs> keith gray Played by Mr. Billy Moses. So um, yeah. that's coming your way too. Jenny's already done the research on old Billy. Oh, God, I love him. <laughs> I love him. You're obsessed with him. I want to stalk <laughs> But thank you guys so much for listening. Email us, melrosepod at gmail.com if you want to share your stories about Melrose Place. And hook us up with a review on Apple Podcasts, man. We'll read that on the show too. Thank you guys. We love you. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>